Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Today, I would like to quote some words of the great John Wesley. He was a revivalist and he preached and there came such a revival. But before he preached in this way, he had a touch of the Lord. He had a moment with God and he was a man of prayer. Let me just read and quote something that he said. He said, I continued to dream and pray about a revival of holiness in our day that moves forth in mission and creates authentic community in which each person can be unleashed through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to fulfill God's creational intentions. Oh, what a powerful quote. I tell you, you have to read that quote several times to start to understand it, but you can also read it and then look back to history and see what happened in and through the life of John Wesley and then start to get a longing yourself to dream and also pray for a great revival of holiness in our day. It is my prayer today that the Church of Jesus Christ will pray for a revival of holiness. Oh, that we will pray for revival, a move of the Holy Spirit upon the new generation. Didn't God promise in Joel that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and upon the sons and the daughters and upon the old men and women. God is longing more for revival than you and me are longing for revival. God wants to save this world. God wants to move this world with the gospel. He has done it time and time again. Oh, in history, oh, we see it in the Bible days. We see revival amongst the people of Israel when they had run away from God, when they had gone into idolatry, oh, when the place was so dark with sin and so dark with perverted longings. But there was a man, a woman who God could find, oh, who would stand in the gap and who would pray for the nation and God would make that voice a voice to go throughout the nation and touch the hearts to the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, I see in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit was moving there through the lives of men and women. How much more in the New Testament, how much more in our days can we expect the Holy Spirit to move and that when we pray, a power is unleashed. When we pray our prayers, they come into the throne room of grace and they are heard by the Almighty One who starts to act upon our prayers and moves our tongue, all to be a tongue set on fire, a tongue, a holy tongue, oh, an anointed tongue, a tongue with such power and such authority, oh, that it will move the hardest hearts. Oh, my dear friends, we must pray. If we want to see God do anything, prayer is needed. Prayer is necessary. True prayer, holy prayer, a seeking of God in a way that you have never sought him before. Not just those whisperings in the night that you only ask for him to supply your next daily need, 
but a prayer for the nation that is lost, a prayer for your family that is lost, that is on their way to hell. And you don't want your sons and your daughters going to hell, do you? You don't want your parents going to hell for eternity, do you? Well, how will they be saved? What can you do that they will be saved? Well, you can pray. You can pray in a way that it will shake the heavens. You can pray through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that it will move God to move on your behalf and to move those hardened hearts. Oh, yes, my friend, we cannot pray in the right way, but the Holy Spirit will help us and aid us, and he can help us to pray prayers, all that even when we don't know what to pray anymore, He will take over and he will pray with yearning. He will pray through us and prayers that are prayed through the power of the Holy Spirit. They are in the will of God. They are according to what God wants to do, what God can do. Oh, they will be answered, my dear friend. Well, if I think of John Wesley and if I read how the conditions were prior to the revival, they were no different than they are today in our time. And they were no different than they were many times in history. One of the mistakes we make is that we think that what's happening today has never happened before. Oh, yes, of course, we have problems today that other generations did not have. But other generations had problems that we don't have today. It was difficult for them. It's difficult for us. It was impossible for them. It's impossible for us. But yet, All things are possible in God. All things were possible for them. All things are possible for us when we pray in the name of Jesus. It says in the days of Wesley, the spiritual condition in England, it was deplorable. Oh, it was terrible. It was like a cesspool. The formal and ritualistic church was more dead than alive. Can you believe that priests were there But those priests, you didn't know if they believed in God or if they did not believe in God. They were confused themselves, and they confused the people. They had all these rituals, but they were dead of the life, the divine life of God. Oh, these days you have priests that are publicly living such an unholy life that they are such a terrible example of someone who is born again, of someone who knows Christ, and yet they proclaim to be a priest of the church, and they're all dressed up in their beautiful clothes, doing their rituals, but their hearts and their lips are far from God. Oh, my dear friend, it is so now, it was so then. Alcohol abuse was rampant. Oh, so many people were drinking and were drunk on the street. It was because their life was so empty and they had nothing really to live for. It says gangs roamed the streets, terrorizing anyone who went out after dark. They would disfigure people's faces with knives. They would stab people in the legs with swords. They would sexually assault women and even commit murder. That was happening then. That's happening today. Oh, it's not so much different today as times of darkness that we have seen throughout history. Oh, I see that law enforcement was failing. Criminals multiplied in the days of Charles Wesley. The slave trade was widespread. Oh, there's such a hatred 
today, also between color today. That same problem is going on today. There is still slavery today. In those days, it was terrible, and it's terrible in these days. Can you believe that even tickets were sold to watch public executions as if it was a theater? Oh, that gave people joy. That amused people. But it was so terrible what was happening around them. Oh, lives were in the gutter as lives are in the gutter today. And who will save them? Who will help them? Oh, we need the God of grace. We need the God of love and mercy. We need the God of power, omnipotent power to move on this world. He values life. He values you. He values your neighbors. He values your family. He values those that are in the gutter, that are homeless, that are so dirty and filthy and are living dirty and filthy lives, but yet they are of such value to God because he gave his son on their behalf and his son gave his life on their behalf and he wants to save them and rescue them. But so many are so far away from God. What needs to happen? Well, something needs to happen in you, my dear friend. Something needs to happen in me. Something needs to happen in the true believers first. God is longing for the true believers, for his children, for his church to receive a supernatural touch. How will you receive that supernatural touch? It begins with prayer. Charles Wesley, the brother of John, started a Bible study group while he was attending the University of Oxford. Well, that group was extremely regimental, and and they really upheld the Christian disciplines in such a way that the student body was mockingly calling them the Holy Club. Yes, the Holy Club. And that's what's happening these days. Those that adhere to the true Bible truths, oh, I tell you, they are mocked to by society. When we uphold the values of the Bible, oh, people, they call us the Holy Club, but don't see that as a bad thing. No, feel privileged and feel honored. Well, that Bible study group came together to pray, and they would pray in a way that they would really seek the face of God. Again, there is a difference in prayer. Oh, when that spirit of prayer comes upon you, oh, you forget everything that's going on in your life that is so valuable according to the mind of man. Other things become valuable. The things of God become more valuable than the things of man. Materialistic things just fade away. You want to be with God. You want to meet God. You need God. You can't live without him anymore. Oh, his presence becomes more valuable, more important than the next breath of air into your body, into your lungs. And so they were praying and they had a love feast and they came together with about 60 young men. People like George Whitfield were there and they were praying together. George Whitfield, also one of those great men of God, a revivalist who was used to preach in such a way that so many multitudes came to the Lord. But first, it began and started here in this intimate group 
where they prayed together, 60 men, young men together. They were together on a love feast on the 31st of December, 1738. And they were together and they were praying. And listen what they said. It says, Mr. Hall and Mr. Whitfield and Ingham Hutching and my brother Charles were present at our love feast in Feather Lane with about 60 of our brethren. About three in the morning, as we were continuing instant in prayer, the power of God came mightily upon us, insomuch that many cried out for exceeding joy, and many fell to the ground. As soon as we were recovered a little from that awe and amazement at the presence of His Majesty, we broke out with one voice. We praise Thee, O God. We acknowledge Thee to be the Lord. This is out of the diary of John Wesley. He had this moment, and this moment became a very important moment. This moment on the 31st of December or the 1st of January 1739 became a moment where something was anchored into the souls and into the hearts of these men. Something was changed on the inside. Something came upon them. Something took control of them. It was that power of God. They were taken into the presence of God in a new dimension, on a new level, in a new way that they had never experienced before. God came down and filled them. I believe it was a, such a moment as it was on the first Pentecost day when they were gathered in that upper room. Remember the disciples, the apostles, and the Lord came down with the Holy Spirit the very first time. And it says they were taken control of, their tongues was taken control of, and they rose up with flames of fire upon their head. Well, this also happened to John Wesley and their crew that came together on Feather Lane. And it also happened so many other times in history. Oh, maybe it was someone alone in the presence of God. Maybe they were together with a small group, but it was a moment that changed the course of their life. And through that, it also changed the course of a nation. It changed the course of humanity. Well, they were together and it overwhelmed them, the divine presence of God, that they cried out. They cried out. This is what George Whitfield says. He said, it was a Pentecostal season indeed. Sometimes whole nights were spent in prayer. Often we have been filled as with new wine, and often I have seen them overwhelmed with the divine presence and cry out, Will God indeed dwell with man on earth? How dreadful is this place. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Oh, he was describing, just like with Jacob, that he met God. He met God. You need to meet God. And you can only meet him when you will be in prayer. Oh, maybe you will be in prayer night after night and it seems like the heaven is brass and nothing is happening. Oh, you are praying day after day. You're going to prayer meeting after prayer meeting and it's the same old, same old, same old. But I tell you, if you stay faithful, oh, if your motivation is right, if your heart is there seeking the face of God, you will go 
One day, as you have gone many days, but that day will be different because God has chosen that day and he has already chosen that day and that moment has an appointment with you and he will come down as he came down to George Whitfield, as he came down to John and Charles Wesley and he will reveal himself and show himself in such power, in such grace, in such anointing, in such holiness that you will say, oh, how dreadful this place. I didn't know it, but God came down and met me here in such a way my life will never be the same again. And you know, we have seen such great results out of this whole movement of that holy club, of those young men coming together in prayer and the faithfulness of God of meeting them in that prayer meeting. Something changed in their life. It became like an anchor for them. Oh, and you could not divert them on the path they were on anymore. They went forward preaching the gospel. Oh, John Wesley on horseback, he rode 4,000 miles annually on horseback, preaching over 40,000 sermons during his lifetime, seeing multitudes come to the Lord, seeing great revival break out, seeing the birth of the Methodist church and a mighty movement that has been throughout time. And so many have seen the Lord, many have come to salvation, and it changed the whole nation of England. It steered England away from the terrible things that happened in France with the French Revolution, all that reign of terror that was there, all that bloody rain that cost so many lives in France that was going and coming to England because of this revival that came through John Wesley. England was steered away from a similar future by the grace and the power of God, by the power of revival that was released on that prayer meeting as these young men sought the Lord together and God came down and put a holy burning fire in their soul, in their spirit, in their life that caused them to move forward in fire, in the flame, the holy flame, causing the whole nation and other nations because it crossed over to America and there came a great revival in the Lord. It was a great awakening because of that moment of prayer. Oh, my dear friends, Don't limit God, what God can do through your life. If you will start to pray, if you will keep faithful in your prayer life, if you will seek God, seek God alone, seek him together with your friends, seek him together with your family, seek him with your church. And as you seek him, know that God has already appointed the moment, the day that he will visit you and he will set you ablaze. He will set that holy flame in your life, in your heart, and it will put a whole nation afire or a whole family afire, or it will bring something about that you could have never imagined or dreamed of. Oh, again, I want to say those words of John Wesley. He said, I continue to dream and pray about a revival of holiness in our day that moves forth in a mission and creates authentic community in which each person can be unleashed through the empowerment of the Spirit to fulfill God's creational intentions. Oh, God bless you, and may you also be unleashed today to fulfill God's creational intentions 
for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 